From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. And we're pleased to be joined by Jane Lee, God's Heart and Hands Ministry. We're going to talk about keeping the holidays holy. Hanging on tight. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's and great to be here. I, I love it at this time of year to say, hey, we're Catholic Radio. We can actually say Christmas. Yes. And, and Merry and, Christmas. You know, it's it's funny because the you know we've gone through various stages with this you know where i don't like the term politically correct but but you know where people say well you should say happy holidays or you should say this or you should say that but for a lot of people it's not even a holiday you know so i mean right and if somebody said happy hanukkah to me i wouldn't be offended right you know because they and, mean well they mean and, well yeah you know and, and as, as long as you mean well and you and it comes from your heart, you right? Um, Isn't it somewhere in the Bible? It's a thought that counts, <laughs> right? Isn't it in there? Or no, one, of the, one of the little I'm asterisk sure subtitles. I'm not sure if that was in the Bible. But, but really, it's what God looks at our heart, right? Yeah, God intent. looks at our heart. Yes. Intent and is, what do we is intend? Very important. Right. And that's really true. And I'm noticing because we I've done this talk many many times over the years, the decades, really now, keeping the holidays holy. It's Santa versus um, the sacred birth. And um, I always look for nativity scenes everywhere, people's yards, the grocery, the stores, even the grocery stores sometimes you'll see ornaments and things like that. Yeah, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day and said, and actually told the story on air that, you know, we pack the pack the van up with the kids and we've yes. been doing this for years, even as they've become teenagers and older. Um, let's all go look at Christmas lights. Right. You know, and, and frequently the newspapers or TV will tell uh-huh. you, oh, here's an, here are the houses that are... Right. And, and, I mean, there are people that even hire people to do... Uh-huh. The, it's big business. The, yeah. The, right. Their lights and everything. And we love it, and it's spectacular, and it's fun, and 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 yet I know I know there's this one, one place in, in, in my hometown that I know they're going to have a very not subtle but a religious display Mm -hmm. and it so stands out it's not gaudy unless Mm -hmm. you're spelling it Uh (laughs) g-o-d-y it's not gaudy it's not showy it's not oh we're so religious and you're not uh you know it's just it's profound and it's simple and it it reminds me of Silent Night, Holy Night. You know, oh, it's, wow. it's kind of quiet. It's quiet in a beautiful way. Did they? Is it? I have to ask. Is it handmade or is it something they got? They uh, got from Lowe's mm, or so. Combination. Wow. You know. And that's Probably something you can build every Lowe's, year. But, I mean, you could get it from Lowe's. But I have to say, um, with all the yard art that's out there and it's gotten quite creative, Lowe's and Home Depot do have a nativity. Oh yeah! Oh sure! Lovely surprise because yeah. they didn't for a few years. Yeah. And then I looked in uh, Target, and they have nothing in the store, but they have tremendous amount of nativity scenes online. Mm-hmm. So it's still there. It's not as easily readable, but we. It's so important this year. I think we really have to hold on to it and directly look for it. Yeah, and, and, and bring uh, it and bring it out there. And you know, I, I, it's it, it's just nice to see. Um, you don't see it as much as you, when I was a kid, you saw it a lot on, on lawns. You saw a lot of nativity scenes. You saw a lot of, mm-hmm. um, um, we always bring out our, well, we, we have, this isn't for the outdoors, but, but indoors kind of near the fireplace or mm-hmm. near the Christmas tree that, you know, the, the nativity scene, you know, about twice the size of a bread box uh-huh. <laughs> you know right is there such a thing as a bread box they always say it's yes they are as a bread box or smaller yes than a bread there is box. i saw it on a bridal registry and it's quite you know a, a new company has picked it up and remade it but it's still the same thing you put bread in it yes okay. yes a little vent on the side a nice <laughs> right. bamboo top to be a cutting board but yes it's still there with right. yes but and we bring it out and it's got it's got donkeys and uh-huh. camels and and all that and it's got joseph and mary and shepherds and Darn if baby Jesus just gets lost all the time. Aww. I go to bed worrying about where, where, <laughs> where is baby is Jesus. And then he, he eventually always shows up. He does. And I think it's because 
the youngest mm-hmm. is fascinated with baby Jesus. See, like like Jesus talked about, yeah. be like a child. Yeah. That awe, that wonder, they're attracted to it. When my own children were growing up and they would go to different Christmas things, they were never, it was always overstimulating naturally, but it was the colors and the lights and they couldn't get enough. But when something was sacred and they saw a nativity and they had that time, it was a di- it hit them in a different place. It brought up a, a sense of calmness and satisfied their yearning, mm-hmm. where where the other how we're celebrating it more secularly does not. And so it's, it's funny on um, Relevant Radio yesterday, many different uh, talk show hosts were talking about what did you do when your own children were growing up? How did you work that Santa baby Jesus thing when they discovered that that Santa wasn't wasn't real? Because some people talk about it almost being a trauma mm-hmm. to find that out, and so on. And it was. And I, I couldn't get in to, to add this to it, but when my own children were growing up, fortunately, I, God exp- brought the right pieces to you as a parent for you to, to speak to your children about it. And I still maintain it to this day is that Santa is the myth or our myth for God. Everything we have contrived, by, and I know there's St. Nicholas, but for the Santa Claus, for the secular world. And since I go into so many homes as a private math tutor, it comes up frequently with the children. Is it... And I can talk to the parents and say, it's, it's the myth that we understand. It helps us. Because if you understand how, how myths work in humanity mm-hmm. in different cultures and so on, it's a way for us to bring the divine, the infinite, down to something that we can, we can comprehend with our finite minds. Because God is always present. He's always watching out for us. He knows everything we do. And we're called to, have, to, to strive for holiness and goodness for whatever we're going through. And the, the, um, the, the myth of Santa is exactly that. Things show up miraculously. The presents show up out of nowhere. How does, how does Santa get around the entire world? It's a miracle. It's magic, so to speak. But how does God do everything? It's a miracle. And he does love us. And he always, to that limit, always that presence. And there is forgiveness, just like there is with the Santa. So be good for goodness sake. And so the overlap was really clear, and that helped tremendously for my children to transition into understanding that it wasn't a, the end of their childhood, the end of all that was fun, by understanding that Santa was not a real person, but to also help them map God, so to speak, better, help them connect to God, to understand more really, realistically um, in their lives how and, and God know, was. The weird, the weird thing is, too, Santa, who has sort of become the representation not in a bad way of secular presence mm-hmm. in all the things that are quote unquote wrong with christmas you know right. uh, not wrong but but too much emphasis on yeah. presence and all that santa means saint right you know right santa clara and just the towns in santa maria santa cruz santa clara the number of towns in in sacramento i mean excuse me in california named after a saint it's 40 or 50 it's quite long oh, it's, it's, it's more so than not that are named after a saint, right, in the yeah. state of California. Yeah. But you're right, it does mean saint, but we've definitely lost that St. Nicholas, the, that it was a saint, and there is that. And so I really th- see the connection between Santa and the sacred birth and how we're celebrating Christmas becoming more and more thin, uh, the, the realization, all the shows, all the music, the, uh, the business. Well, the thing, the thing I love, too, is, is the Christmas story, from the time I was a kid to right now, hasn't changed one iota. There's not. Oh well, no, we've 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 come to realize right. that there right. weren't really sheep there, or you know. Right. If anything, we that, discover more. Science finds things out about what the what the star may have been. There is scientific yeah, evidence. His, his and name so wasn't on. really Joseph; it was Bill. You know, and you know, <laughs> yes. nothing. You know, it's it's the, it's the same exact story. And it's still the ninety miles between Bethlehem yeah. and Nazareth, right? <laughs> right. That a pregnant yeah. woman on a donkey, they walked. Yeah. That's still the same. And I think that's the only thing that changes is our awareness of it. Yeah. Look what they did. They arrived in a super busy town, and people are speeding by them as they're trudging along very slowly to get to Bethlehem. They can't move faster. They see the crowds coming in. But what did they do? They trusted. They kept their faith in the Lord, that the Lord would provide. They didn't worry. They didn't have AAA. <laughs> they didn't have, um, uh, what is that, uh, Airbnb, all of those things. And so our awareness is coming into because more people, um, different a little uh, research organizations like Appian Media goes where they were and films. This is where they walked. These are the same hills they had to go yeah. over. Yeah, see the hills are still there. 
Yes. You know? it's, 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 Isn't that it, funny? They haven't it, been it worn is. down or lost yeah, or Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean I guess, you know, geologists will tell you there's there I mean when they say, well, like Mount Shasta formed from this and that and it's a volcano mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. But they never tell you quite when it happened because I'm sure that if at the time of Jesus Mount Shasta was Mount Shasta. Oh. I don't think well, see, there's a new I awareness. Th- I don't You're think right. it was just flat Didn't ground. Come, right. And, and one day, 14,000-foot <laughs> mountain just piled Showed up, up in the last uh, 2,000 yeah, years? Yeah. Because that would be recorded somewhere, right? Yeah. That would have been recorded. Oh, yeah. There were, yes. there were people living here then. Right. That's a good point. See, that's a new awareness. When we look at it and we turn the, turn the globe, so to speak, from a different angle, we see God in more more ways? Yeah, I mean, I, more can, places. I can't imagine... Uh, Somebody, well, even even like Lewis and Clark. Well, they saw the Rocky Mountains first, but you know, if 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 you were just uh, exploring, well, like John Muir, I mean, who knows oh, where? Wow, the first time somebody saw like a Mount Shasta, just whew, it, it's not in a range of mountains. It's just it's the lonesome. It's just boom, or first saw uh, the the giant redwood trees. Or you know right. those kinds of things. The, the, the first saw the Pacific Ocean, the first saw the Columbia River. If you didn't believe in God, true, um, you know just just the, the first saw the Grand Canyon. All these things that we can explain by mm-hmm. nature, but the one thing that is hard to fathom. They say, well, it happened over eons of time. <laughs> you go. Right. Okay, I sort of understand that, but okay. this canyon is really deep. It's like, you know, those trees are really big. That mountain is really huge. Uh-huh. You know. Um, it's awe-inspiring. How can you not think of God? Yeah. Under- and, and I actually posed this to a science teacher once. The, the Great Redwoods, just one tree. Where's the mass that came from? Because mm-hmm. ma- matter is neither created nor destroyed. Yeah. Where did that huge tree there's no big hole in the ground around every tree like the dirt was created and so he didn't know and he finally did some research and came back and he said it's from the carbon Carbon. and sunshine yeah carbon but is (laughs) that not just that miraculous project i i i I thought that i thought wait a minute i thought that when i was you know the the tree took everything out of the ground yeah you know water you understand because you keep watering it or the rain falls Uh or something but there's not how could that tree and then you go you know no Pay attention in class, photosynthesis, you know, mm-hmm. carbon. So interesting. <laughs> but you're going, there's not carbon in there. There's, you can't take stuff out of the air and make a tree. Right? <laughs> well, actually, yeah, God can. can. Yeah. God can, didn't he? And so that really goes back to keeping the holidays holy is keep looking for God. If the if it's not the ocean that's in front of you or Mount Shasta or something of, of nature that you can't figure out how this happened, you will find something. Look at your neighbor walking down the street. That person started from two cells, two cells, and sophisticatedly over and over again, the 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 arm always comes out of the shoulder most of the time. It doesn't come out of any other part. So the division and that how can you not see God in that? And I was fortunate enough to to God, you know, God brings you into these discussions, and you're sweating at the time, but then it kind of all the Holy Spirit comes in, and then it's going to be okay. Is talking to an atheist, an atheist that was also science science based and very um, energetically so. And I said, can you tell me? I understand how each of the planets is in their orbit, centrifugal and centripetal force and all that in the orbit and so on. Why is it that the, um, our planets are at the elevation they're at and not 100 feet or 100 miles mm-hmm. higher or lower? Why are we at that altitude, so to speak, in the cosmos? Just step back and look at it from a different angle. No answer. No answer. And so it's just that, by, it's simply, because I really think that the busyness and the noise and they've talked about how that's one of the enemy's tactics is you cannot think you cannot hear in today's society it's just like so much movement and so much movement and so much and so much sensory input but if we look for god in the most subtle way just when we're sitting at a stoplight the flowers the engines that are running how everything merges the the, the air pick pick any pick any angle yeah. it always will lead to god and, and ultimately, um, we don't know what keeps things in balance. 
when I was an engineer and going to college in the 80s, all we knew of on the inside of an uh, atom was proton, neutron, electron. And now we've gone two levels deep. We can now look inside of them. And then what they were marveling at, which has not been changed, is how much space is in between each subatomic <laughs> particle. There's more space than there is matter. Is that not? And, in, and, we don't, and they were looking for the God particle. What keeps it right. all in balance? Right, the God particle. I love it. Right, and I do too. So they finally admitted it. Ultimately, we don't know what keeps it all in balance. And so just the simplicity, because at the same time, I know of a lot of folks that are really in chaos right now because of coming out of, especially the education system, teachers are really suffering right now because of the, the record retirements and so on. It's the latent effect of going through that kind mm -hmm. of stress. They're exhausted. Yep. And so they got through the crisis, but they need another year off just to recover from keeping everything stable in their workplace for students to be educated at the same time having their own difficulties that we all did going through the past couple of years. So when we look at that, we have to go back to God. And it, and it can't be anything big and huge. It has to be in the moment. It has to be in the prayer. It has to be in the thought. It has to be. And that's what Jesus said is just pray unceasingly. And it's not waiting for the cathedral to show up down the street. It's doing it in the moment. It's when you're at the stoplight. What a, and blessing everyone that's around you or asking for them to be blessed or praying for them or looking at your windshield as a great big screen to God from the, from the clouds to the rain to the, to the wind. And Jesus said, we don't know where the wind blows or where it comes from. The simplest, be like a child. Yeah, and it, 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 the wind is, you, you see depictions of wind in cartoons or right? drawings and it's like, little lines and little swirls little swirls yeah. and 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 but truth be told other than leaves blowing or dust blowing or trees bending you can't see wind you think you can mm -hmm. and yet it's as real as could be anybody's been out in one of our 40 mile an hour north winds right and try to walk against it or ride a bike against it knows that the wind is real but yes. you can't see it. And we don't know what starts it. I mean, we have different explanations. But when you, I was blessed with the experience, didn't think so at the time, but later on of having my car break down. So I was sitting for 45 minutes waiting for the tow truck, happens to lots of people, but then watching the wind. And you watch something long enough, you can kind of get it, you get a different thought. How do we know, just technically, it's not the trees that are moving the wind, the trees that are moving the air that makes the wind. It's a chi very childlike view. Well, the, the wind moves the trees. And the ch a child could look at it and say, no, actually, the trees are moving the wind. Do we know? No, we don't. Ultimately, what is God doing? But it draws us closer to him. And so by looking to keep the holidays holy, it's just the in the moment. And one of the most effective things I found in, in the workshops is to encourage the families to write down three priorities for your holidays. What are the three traditions that if you had nothing else, you would want those? Put them on a Post-it note on your refrigerator. And then every social invitation, every gift that you're considering buying that you hadn't considered before, weigh it against those priorities for, because it's always time and money are always in short supply. And will, I, will this get in the way of me having those priorities? If it's a family home evening, if it's a, a tradition like driving around and seeing the lights, well, if I take another three social engagements this week, we won't be able to go look at the lights this week. And so by that, so by going into the holidays, and we're and we're partway through um, Advent, and we've still got a couple more weeks, and then we enter the Christmas season, right? So by entering it in with that thought of what do I want, what what do I want, or what do I want new this year? I want to read scripture every night for two minutes. Set the timer for 120 seconds. It's amazing how long 120 <laughs> seconds is. <laughs> and and you, while you're not going to get a, a huge amount of scripture, you're going to take it in because. It was only that small amount, and, it, and it's going to let it sit with you. And, and rebuilding, and put one on the, on the bathroom mirror. And the simple thing of Jesus talked about the importance of gratitude, right? Or is it in the Old Testament? Enter the, hang, the halls with thanksgiving and enter with thanksgiving. So start with that. Can't sleep in the middle of the night, have too much. What are you grateful for? And see if you can do it on a rosary bead, on the, the beads, if mm. you can get that far. It's amazing. You actually pretty easily can. 120 seconds, huh? Yeah, just 120 seconds. Just read scripture for 120 seconds. It's amazing because you're focused. You think, well, I can do this. It's only 120 seconds. We're only 60 seconds. And so your focus is completely on that. Most of us have that much attention span before we the ADD of, of our, our, our phones ding us. 
but just give that give that piece to God. And then it's just simple and repetitive, but it's simple for what works for us. You know, of, of the, you know, you're talking about all these different scientific discoveries and stuff. The things we know and are pretty certain about compared to the things we don't know are just minuscule. There's so many things we don't know, you know, as to why and how. And I mean, you know, just, just yesterday I saw some headline saying, they, they discovered a new species of dinosaur. You know. Oh, really? How how is that possible? Where did your do you recall uh, where? I forget. I think it was Ethiopia, but I'm not wow. sure. You know, anything I, about big, small? Well, I didn't. I didn't. I actually didn't have time to read it at the time. I just saw the headline. I was telling my kids about it. Uh-huh. it was, and I said, "How can how can that be?" And they, you know, they always go off to rainforests and stuff right. and find you know sixty two new uh-huh. species. They're still of discovering new species, and, right? You know, bugs uh, and things uh, like that. Yeah, it's just it's it's intriguing. And then, you know, today is is a a day of a great grandmother's birthday on the mother's side in our family. Oh, okay, and. No, no longer living and i said you know and i said you know oh yeah oh, she'd have been 100 today or something right you know and you kind of yes yeah, i'll say a prayer and remember somebody you never met in in some cases mm-hmm. and then you go without her if she wasn't born she was born on this day 100 years ago 1922 wow. right the world was a different place. But if she hadn't been born, she specifically had not been born on this day, there would be no your grandma. Mm-hmm. There would be no your mom. There right. would be no you. Right. Oh, no, I just I just still, no, you wouldn't. No. No, mom still would. No. That's the generational you, you, impact. You don't, yes. you don't think that. Right. You know, and then you take it another step back. Great, great grandma, if she hadn't been born. Right. And another step back. It's quite a wide, like a wake behind a boat. Yeah. One person eliminates an entire branch of a tree. Oh, it, it's, it's one of the things that I've said. Leave the morality out of mm-hmm. abortion. You can't. But right. Leave that right. out. But just talk another just, another point of view. Uh, just just a whether it's a, a scientific thing or a, just an emotional thing. Look at all. Look at you. All the the generations. The generations. Right. And right now you're going to cut it off. Uh huh. You're going to cut it off. Right. You know, like, like, do you really want to do that? Do you right. Re- do you really want to? Chop that branch off the family tree. You know, I mean, Mm-mm. like I say, leaving the morality out, which right, you can't right. do. But but it's like, wow, I'm kind of getting in the way of something here. Exactly. It, something that has progressed mm-hmm. for, well, progressed all the way back to right. <laughs> the beginning we, of man. If we just go back to January 1973, so we're coming up on 51 years, while we know the numbers to be 62, 63 million lives that have been Roe stopped. Wade. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, the generational impact of 50 years, you're coming close, to, well, you've got grandchildren already that you would have had that have oh, yeah, not been yeah. born. The generational impact is significant. Well, and, and the Sacramento Life Center uh, and many others, uh, they, they have people they helped in 1973 who are now right. grandmothers and grandfathers. Right. Right. And sure. so so you're right. The, mor- the morality piece, you can't untangle it, but there are many threads to it. Yeah. And another thread, if you will, to this tapestry of, of a life, of a family, the tapestry of humanity, the tapestry of the United States, is that God solves problems one way, and that's sending people to, with the idea or to be part of the team to solve the problem. So uh, uh, everyone has a part in it. So anything that we are economically, environmentally, medically, politically, pick the category that we are suffering from. Um, I know lots of young people that can't find their mate right now. It's They can't meet the person that mm. stirs their heart that's the right match. Well, they're 30. Mm. So there's a reasonable chance that that person's life was stopped. So also, again, removing the morality piece out of 
uh, and broadening the vocabulary, which is something else the Lord is calling us into in, keep, in um, God's Heart and Hands ministry, is broadening the va- vocabulary of abortion is a life is being stopped. Mm-hmm. Regardless of everything else you want to say about it, that life will not continue. And as you say, you've said, will not be born. So those generations are not being born. So anything in those categories that I was mentioning medically, environmentally, politically, so on and so forth, those people are missing. And those ideas are missing as well. So any problem that we have is a logjam. The, the, God sent the issues, excuse me, sent the people to solve them. 9-11, the first responders, we, we've, that brought uh, us front and center with what first responders mean in our mm-hmm. lives. And the pandemic did too. The risk they take personally, yep. the sacrifice, well, they're wired for that. They come in with that that heroic wiring, just like kindergarten teachers. You've got to be wired to be a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> I did it for an afternoon and I was, I, I was I, this is not my calling. I can do a lot of things. How So, but they had to be born 30 years earlier. They had to be created with, and God created them knowing what was coming. So we can't deny the, what would you call it, almost the logistics, the pragmatic piece is that person had a purpose. That person had a role and their mate, their teammates, their neighbors, their their spouses, uh, yes, yeah, already said spouses, their, their classmates, they all were in the another woman's womb at about the same time. Yep. And so God has to get all those pieces in place before that one child is born. Their, their friends, their spouse, their teammates, their classmates, yeah. they're all going to be born at the same time. So we ran the numbers at one point, and 2013 was the most recent data we had of all the, um, the, uh, the children that would have been born, and then all the baseball mitts, the baby strollers, mm-hmm. the cribs, the calculators for high school, all those things economically just for that one year of the number of abortions. Yeah. It was stunning. It was. It's a, it's a quantifiable impact. And so th- while we're not pulling out the morality of it, we do have to look at the bigger piece. And having now that we are, or we are so engaged in helping and understanding why are women, why do women feel that, they, that that is their only choice, and we're now addressing all of those. And the smoking gun came out, from what I understand, in Planned Parenthood. I think it was the late 70s or the early 80s, the internal memo that said, people now know it's not a clump of cells. We need to change our marketing strategy to it's a woman's right. Mm-hmm. And so, and now that we're discovering that, all evil be exposed. There's an adoption lines are quite long of, of folks, healthy folks that want to adopt a child. Now it's becoming a different issue. Oh yeah, well look at look at uh, the the advances in medical science. Yes. Um, since uh, well. It's, it's since the 60s and 70s, since yes. since this became legal, I remember uh, Anthony Kennedy, who was Sacramentan, mm-hmm. uh, Supreme Court Justice, who uh, a Catholic, who even though he was he wasn't a hundred percent against abortion, he uh, when it came to late term abortions, mm-hmm. um, he changed his mind. He said because of scientific advances we now understand in a way we didn't understand back right. when we said it, w- it was okay. Right. Uh, or he's saying, I understand now. Right. Much more how much this really is a life mm-hmm. um, compared to a, a clump of cells or something. Mm-hmm. That, that And and simultaneous to that is the age of viability keeps becoming younger because yes. of advances in medical science mm-hmm. you know to the to the point where where you know it used to be seven months or something and right now uh, sometimes kids are born at five months i met a and little they weigh 10 ounces and they yes look, yes you know. yes i met a little boy seven years old that was one and one third pounds 23 mm-hmm. weeks when he was born he fit in his mother's palm the palm of her hand yeah and now he's a viable, energetic. Yes, we have come. We and have to come say, quite to, far. To, to make a statement that twenty-four weeks, you know, um, right? And it's not viable before. It's not viable before that, but but at twenty-four weeks, it is, or fifteen, or whatever. Right. You see these different states doing different things now since since the repeal of Roe v. Wade. 
all of those are absolutely unscientific. That's like saying all two-year-olds are alike or right. all three-year-olds are alike. Right. A, a kindergarten teacher, all five-year-olds are not alike. Right. They're all developmentally at a different stage in their life. They're not all. True. And to, to say it's at 24 weeks, that's when it starts, is just right. it's nonsense. Scientifically, it's nonsense. And isn't that interesting how and, God keeps sending the technology for us to save them younger? Because yeah. 50 years ago, when, at the beginning of Roe v. Wade, we couldn't save them at 23 weeks. Right. But now we can. And what was, we were marveling at, as small as the baby was, you know, four inches, five inches long, they still had all the wires coming out of it. So we have, we have developed and understood what that baby needs in order to keep growing. Right. And so when we look at that, and, and I, I, you know, sometimes the Holy, as I say, he's 62 million short, so he's depending on the rest of us to handle a lot of difficulty. And I ended up in a discussion with a college student, a young woman, and talking about abortion and, um, and, uh, and, and it was going, and I knew where it was going to go, but I was like praying my way through it. Finally, all that could come to me. And it's one of those things where the Holy Spirit says, here's the dear, here's the drop of wisdom is with the internet. Now you have access to see an abortion. Hmm. If you have not yeah. seen one, because I have, and I will never forget it. If you have not seen one, then you are not fully informed. And that's what women deserve. Be fully informed. So you know exactly, because anything else is esoteric you're not you're not fully in the ring so to speak and if you're going to if you're going to have that perspective then fully inform yourself and then you can make a fully informed decision yeah. and then she walked away <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is viable we do know a lot more so in keeping the holidays holy talk about mary being the ultimate surprise pregnancy she was and what did she do she had faith just step by step it's not easy but she went to family, right? Family came around her. There's, and we're walking alongside these moms. We're with Jane Lee, God's Heart and Hands Ministry. We'll, we'll get into some of the uh, uh, scripture sure. mm -hmm. uh, scripture sites as well. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This is James McCormick, President and CEO of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, James, for that wonderful introduction and for all the great work you do here in our Sacramento community. We are with Jane Lee, God's Heart and Hands Ministry, um, is Santa battling for our attention during Advent? I, I'm beginning to wonder if it's the other way around. Honestly, I feel <laughs> like I feel like God's trying to wave at us and say, "Wait, wait! I'm right. I'm behind Santa. I gave you that story for a reason." And yeah. Saint Nicholas and and I do. Santa means saint. 
It does. And, yeah. and, that, and we have to keep saying that and reminding people of, of what this is. And, and so looking at scripture um, from, I love the song. It's kind of cute. Um, the Santa Claus is coming to town yeah. is you better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling That's you why. Scripture? <laughs> <laughs> the subtitles are, there we go. In Matthew okay. 24, 44. So two, you also must be prepared for at an mm-hmm. hour. You do not expect a son of man will come. Yeah, and you know, that one, you, you'll hear your people will cite that and say, well, I don't think Jesus is coming tomorrow, so I'm, I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'll go back to church next week, or I will And what do you Ken- say to that? How do you respond? Ken- and I'll say, well, they're also talking about your, your own Armageddon or your uh-huh. own, you know, like I will come like a thief in the night and all that. Yeah, nobody knows when Jesus is returning. But we all know that we're going to die individually, mm-hmm. you know, and, and th- th- it's like that preparation, you know, for at the hour, for an hour you do not expect. They're not just talking about Jesus. This, this specific reference right. is to, to Jesus, but it's also there for all of us. You, right. You don't know the, the moment you're going to die. Right. And you and I, I, I really like at an hour you do not expect. And yet people there <laughs> are people out there. I'll tell you when he's coming back. <laughs> I, we've calculated it. We've calculated it and they've I've done all the scripture readings. Right. I remember a, a, a number of years ago I had a nightly talk show on KFBK. It was not a religious talk show, just three hours a night. Just three five, hours. Five, wow, just three keeping hours, people entertained. That's five, amazing. Five nights a week. Yeah, wow. and I'm, you're, I'm you're on the radio, and you're and you're. It was at night, so you're up against the World Series, or you're up right. against a Kings game, or you're up against the Academy Awards. Uh-huh. You know, and not only those types things, or just the average sitcom. You yes. Know? I mean, yes. But you're also up against that visual thing, the TV, the entertainment, yes. the music, the the color. You're just a voice on the radio, and um, and yet, it, talk radio certainly has its place. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I remember many many times as a sports writer coming home at midnight and turning on and listening to Larry King or uh-huh. or uh, was the, the 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 Art the, Bell or uh-huh. the people like that just just keep you awake. Right. And but. Um, <laughs> oh, the day and the hour. You oh, do the not day expect. and the hour. Right. Yeah, and and so there was a there was a minister in Oakland. Oh, that's right. I remember. And mm-hmm. he, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name right now, but but he had a he had like kind of one of those. He wasn't a Sunday preacher, but he uh, he had a a show you could get on on cable or something local uh, local, local TV. Uh-huh. Yeah, and and he'd have six or seven kind of like college students and they'd sit around and talk but his oh, his nice big format. thing mm-hmm. was he knew when the end of the world was coming okay and, and the day and the hour and so and again my show was not religious but we we could certainly talk about religious things uh-huh. and, and um as part of just general talk and and i thought this would be this is be, be a fascinating guest you know uh-huh I think his first name was Earl, but I'm not sure. Okay. I can picture him because, and he was he was probably in his 80s, and had been a minister all his life, and so, I I was back in the days of phone books. I go to the Oakland phone book, and by golly, there he's listed there. Not wow. not church of this or right. that. It just just he was listed his name, and so I called him up, and he answers the phone, and I said, you know, I, this is what I do. I, I have a talk show. I would you be willing to be on my program? And I'll tell you ahead of time that I disagree that that you do know. Mm-hmm. And so he said, oh, I'd be happy to. I, I'm, oh. I'm honored to be asked. You right. know, like he wants to spread the good word, or right. you know. And so I, I I had him on, and I think I think the date was like September 14th. It's going to happen. And I had him on. It was like September 8th. You know, oh, I mean, it wow. was like. Because he was getting a fair amount of attention, mm-hmm. like in the press. I mean, like here's this kook in Oakland, but he's yes. uh, and he's, but he was so convincing. You know, he would cite this scripture. And right, that he was earnest in it. He was, he was, was, he very was earnest. Yes. Very earnest. Yes. And he was, he was wasn't goofy or anything. But, right. But you know, so he was getting a, a fair amount of press, and so 
I felt really lucky to get him, which uh-huh. we call a get. That was a get. That right. was a, a good get. And and so he's on, and we're talking, and he's citing Scripture. And I said, you know, but there's the one thing in Scripture. Here it is right here. Uh, oh. For an hour, no man shall know. Mm-hmm. No man shall know. You can just do, and, and also says, at an hour you do not expect so not only does it say no man shall know, mm-hmm. it's also going to be at an hour you don't expect. So one, maybe an hour that you've already rejected. Well, it's not right. going to happen during the fifth inning of the World Series. God <laughs> right. would never do that. Right. You know, and so it's it, not only can't you figure it out, it's, it's going to be a surprise when it happens. Like, wow, I didn't think it was going to happen right, right now. Right. So, and I kept coming back to that in the discussion because he was citing scripture all the way through and see this has to happen and then this has to happen and this generation shall not pass away all these different wow. quotes you know and he's not the first person to do this uh-huh. and i said you know do you know what time of day on the 14th of september and he said well i'm not i'm not certain he had some he had some ideas about why mm-hmm. it would be at a certain time but he didn't have that pinned down as i recall and we talked, and I said, you know, in all honesty, and I gotta be, I gotta be honest. Uh, I don't think, I don't think you're right. You're much more knowledgeable about scripture than I am by far. And I wasn't being humble; that was just true. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen on September 14th. And I know you do. And he kind of laughed, and he said. He said, "Well, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry yeah. you feel that way because it's going to happen on September 14th. Wow. You know, it, you know. How sometimes somebody is so convinced that they almost convince you. Right, right. He was so convinced, but it still didn't even. It didn't even give me a twinge of what if this guy's right? Right. You know, it just didn't. And and we went back and forth. It was very. It was very genial. Mm-hmm. And I said so." If you wake up on the 15th of September and you're still here and I'm still here, what are you going to think? And he said, I can't even answer that question because that's not going to happen. Oh, my. I'm not going to be here on the 15th and neither neither are you. I I can't even give you a, well, what would I think speculation because I'm speculating. uh, It's not just a, a hypothetical it's a non-starter. It's, wow. And that segues was, perfectly with what you've said so many times. You can't know the mind of God. Yeah. And there wasn't that peace that held them him back. He was fully, yeah. I know the mind of God. Wow, that's a cautionary and tale. September 14th, and this was about 1995, so 20-some years, 25, six, seven years ago. Um, and September 14th came and went. And, and other September 14th. Yeah, and other September mm-hmm. 14th. And I remember seeing him. Uh, I mean, he was crushed. Mm-hmm. He was he was crushed. And I, I remember seeing him uh, reading an, an interview with him. And he just basically said, well, I must have miscalculated somehow. I must have missed something. Oh. I must have missed something. Interesting. You know, but he was he was. I guess embarrassed, you know. Oh boy. And and, and probably in probably in some ways sad that he was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly because he was wrong, mm-hmm. but partly because he was looking forward. True. To Jesus's return. Right. He didn't see it as as a, a bad thing. Right. You know, he said Jesus is returning. Right. I mean, right. I mean, for and he woke up and he still he woke up and he's still on Earth. What are we waiting for? That's true. That's so true. you know. Um, it, it, it was just it was just interesting how people can ignore can quote scripture and then ignore scripture yes at the same time yes you know the, the, the no man shall know is pretty pretty direct it is it is and so getting back to keeping the holidays holy and and keeping our mindset on god it's that subtle it's that choice it's that momentary momentary choice rather than assuming their intentions, the clerks, you know, da, da, da. I'm going to assume that they 
that the clerk has had a bad day and I'm going to make them smile. Somebody cuts me off instead of assuming that they were doing it to me, I'm going to assume they have a family emergency. And the story completely changes, right? When we look at it as God would ask us to, and, and just like the, the scripture the Lord says, um, uh, oh, I, the Lord, explore the mind and test the heart, giving to all according to their ways, according to the fruit of their deeds. And he's saying, I, the Lord, do this. You all don't. I explore the mind and test the heart. And all your ways may be straight in your own eyes, but it is the Lord who weighs hearts, Proverbs 21, 2. And that's ultimately it's God that does this. So in understanding and really trying to, as we go through this with Christmas, and it just feels like it keeps winding up almost to a fevered pitch every year. It's And, and it's like we enter into the escalator the day after, oh, I don't know, Thanksgiving, day after Halloween, possibly the day after Labor Day. And society spits us out January 2nd because it's a treadmill or an escalator and you're just faster and faster and grinding and more and more. But if we step back and, and like we were talking about earlier, looking at things that the God has done in the world from a different perspective or looking at abortion from a different perspective, how it changes things, the bigger picture is what's gone on in this country in, in less than 100 years. And that in 19, it wasn't until the late 1970s that credit cards were even federally regulated. Before then, Christmas is always based on cash. And the um, in the 1980s, advertisers discovered that children influence some of the disposable income of their parents beyond what cereal to mm-hmm. buy. So then they started specifically in the 19, early 1980s, they specifically started targeting children. Well, now we see how extreme it is because it was always taboo to go after children. They were always sure, considered sure. sacred. And then so they started advertising where children look and so on and so forth. One mom said to me a few years ago, I was trying to buy their, their new sc- uh, clothes for the new school year that didn't have an emblem. I couldn't find a pair of mm-hmm. socks that didn't have yeah. a character or an emblem. And that's true. It's all programming. I read decades ago with one of the major um, soft drink companies um, put their emblem on baby bottles. And they did not care what was in that baby bottle because they wanted that baby nursing, held, comfortable, safe to look up that bottle and see their emblem. Mm-hmm. So we, they recognized very – so this is – and but then when you understand all of this, then you understand what's going on. And when you understand what's going on, then you can pull back. And we were blessed with a with a Christmas that there was no money other than for necessities. And while it seemed like distress at the beginning, it was actually quite freeing. All those hours spent in the store, this is before online shopping. So you had to go stand in order to find the, you had to drive, park, walk in, find the product, stand in the long line, get the product, drive home. All that was gone. And it was amazing being in the grocery store line and everyone's frantic and got their lists and everything's rushing. And we had none of that other than buying our food then we found joy somewhere else. And I look back on that and realize that was the sweetest, easiest, most sacred Christmas, actually, because we looked for the other ways to still find joy. Because you don't want to with children to be down because you can't go buy gifts or just the nominal amount, or they didn't even realize it was going on, but how to bring joy. Where, where else, basically, where else has God got joy for us than in the red tinsley packages and the advertisements and everything else? Oh my gosh, there's so much of it. It's like you talked about gathering up your children and going and looking at lights rather than going to the movies, rather than going to another event that takes a ticket and so on. It's finding those simple joys. It was actually quite freeing. And so when we look at it, but you have to go in with the awareness of I want the holidays to, I want to hold on to the sacred birth. I want to, Mm -hmm. I want to have that in my day not all the stimulation because it's fascinating with Santa Claus being dressed in red. God designed us that red is actually grabs our attention. Fire, stoplights, brake lights, emergency vehicles. They're all red for a reason. Our brains are startled by red. There are no stoplights in the Bible. (laughs) True. But God wired our brains to pay attention. When we see something red, we click. And if you look at all the major, all the major marketing brands from McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Pepsi even has a little bit of it. Target, they have red. Yeah. It stimulates the brain. You get a tiny little shot of cortisol because your brain instantly assesses, is this safe or is it not? And that's why brake lights are red. Brake lights will never be blue or green yeah. because they mean peace. Red gets your attention. And so when you understand that, we go through six weeks of red from Thanksgiving all the way to New Year's. Everything's red. And then you get a little bit of a break and then you go into Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> but still, 
it's effective. They do it because it's effective. So when you look at that between the red and the credit cards, how our Christmases have become more material because they could. Mm -hmm. My parents, and probably yours too, because it was all on cash, it was a very different experience. And they couldn't they couldn't get caught up and there wasn't a buzz. They couldn't get caught up in the buzz. And there was only the Sears Roebuck catalog from the 1930s. Remember when that came in the mail and you're looking through it and you're flipping the pages? These are all this is the, all the things I want out of that one 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 toy catalog that came in the mail. Yep. Now, oh my gosh, it's you're inundated with all of it. I mean, if you really want to save the environment, stop all those inks from being printed on the paper because they all dissolve off the paper and go back into the earth. But that's just a small thing on the side. But in keeping the holidays holy, you have to have the thought, I want this to be holy. I want to have, and what does that mean to you? Is it peace? Is it joy? What is it? Or if, if, you're, um, if you're in retail, if you're in the a medical profession, the Christmas, Christmas season is just going to be busy. It's going to be that way. People are sick, yeah. so they're in the hospitals. Or I knew a, a woman that worked for Seize Candy. She couldn't get away from it. That, that's what they did. Any holiday performance, my daughter used to be a nutcracker in Sac Ballet. It's always a fevered pitch for all those people mm-hmm. putting on the production behind the scenes. Okay, if we know that and you know it's coming, love on the people in front of you. Love on the clerk, love on your neighbor, love on whoever it is you're talking to. Christ, like Mother Teresa said, Christ is in every one of them, every one of them in front of you. And so if you can go into the awareness in the moment and think that, as the days build, as just the day goes on, it'll be much different. We have a difference. So you're saying Black Friday, you'll be first in line Mm -hmm. to get the... 60-inch television okay. right, for a dollar or whatever it is. Right. Is that what happened? Okay. And you, Well, it, that's what they say. They say Black Friday is all about about specials. I right. I mean, truly, that's why, that's kind of why they created it, I guess, is, is uh, it's quote-unquote the first day of Christmas shopping right, right. after Thanksgiving. But, but it's also, we're going to have some specials, but there's only going to be 10 of them or right. only one of them or whatever. And that's why right. everybody wants to, so, so. The Christian thing to do, the godly thing to do, uh-huh. is to rush, be first in line, camp okay. out, rush in there, grab the TV, okay. and then give it to the person behind you. Wow, what an experience <laughs> that would be. That would be! You'd be on the national news. You would, you would, and then you, or you could sell it to him for two dollars. You'd a hundred percent return on your money. What investment brokerage can say we can give you absolutely a hundred percent return on your money, or a thousand percent sell it for a hundred dollars? Yeah. You know, and so on and so forth. Wouldn't that be fascinating to do that? Yeah. However, and that's one of the other things that we in the workshop when we do it on keeping the holidays holy. Every product that's ever produced, and not just in this country, from the manufacturing plant to the shelf, to the cart, to the trunk, to the house, to the thrift shop. And I would offer they spend more time after your purchase than before you had it. Because everything, if it's going to have that cycle, why do we need, we have the best thrift shops, I think, in the entire world in this country. Oh, yeah. You know, and and that's part of the, that's part of the package, that's part of the big picture. But how do we, how do we be sacred in a time that has really just kept us moving and busy and listening and, and now we've got these little things we hold in our hands or constantly, and we know this, we know what's rewiring our brain. Children, I saw another one in a grocery store cart and I get it. I probably would have done it with my kids. You just need them to calm down for a bit. I just want to buy the milk and get out and not spend $80. I just want to, you know, get in and get out. So looking at the phone, but then also looking at what is the child not doing? They're not looking around. They're not asking about things. They're not asking um, about the colors. They're not asking what it says. They're not saying, look, mommy, that person. And so we have to keep that in balance to understand because it's so easy to have it keep happening. But the way to do it is coming in. What do you want for today is December, early December. What do you want for the next three weeks until New Year's? What makes your heart sing in the subtle pieces? And And also we know it's in giving. And then also what is the Lord trying to give you? And if we're constantly busy thinking, doing, then we don't hear, as we know, the Holy yeah. Spirit whispers. And just offering a prayer at a stoplight. Stoplights are the best places for prayers. Because you're stopped. You're dead. You're, you're, I mean, not dead, but you're stopped dead. You can't move anymore. Where's God in this moment? Or just reaching out to him to ask, who needs prayer right now? So then we build our own holiness because we're returning to God over and over again. 
Jane, always a joy. Thank you. Thanks so much. I love I love uh, getting all these uh, biblical citations it's, as it's, well. You know, the Bible is just a handbook for life. Have it's you better noticed? Better than getting a ticket citation. <laughs> <laughs> Way better. <laughs> way better. Way better. That's a man-made thing. God did yes, not give us tickets, that's did right. he? <laughs> well, you and your family have a happy and merry and holy Christmas. Thank you. And the same for yours. Thanks so much. Thank God bless. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk to you again soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of, ministry, of Mi Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, they continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Zero, zero. And we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, longstanding support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. Mm -hmm.